you're listening to the University of Victoria Student Society's Lead Directors Debate, live on CFUV 101.9 FM. This event is taking place on traditional Coast Salish territory of the Songhees, Lekwungen, Wasanich, and Sanchothan people. Hello there. Hello and welcome to the uh, lead director's debate for the uh, 2017 UVSS elections, student elections. I wanted to start off today uh, by acknowledging that we are on traditional unceded Coast Salish territory of the Songhees, Lekwungen speaking and Wasanich, Senchothan speaking people. We need to remember this as we go on uh, in the debate today and with everything that we do here at the uh, University of Victoria. All right, so I want to uh, start with some introductions as well. My name is Max. I am the spoken word coordinator at CFUV. We have uh, Miles, who is, uh, works at the, uh, the Martlet downstairs. And uh, we also have uh, Lori Broder, who is the chief electoral officer uh, over here from um, the UVSS elections. Uh, <laughs> we also have Ariana, uh, who is the senior deputy Deputy Electoral Officer uh, behind us. We also have Caitlin, uh, who is another Deputy ele Electoral Officer. Um, not with us today is uh, Kelly Clark, who is also an Electoral Officer. All right, so now that we have all of that out of the way, um, I want to talk about how uh, the debate structure will go. Um, we have our lovely uh, candidates behind us. Uh, we will be asking, or I guess the moderators will be asking um, each director from either slate uh, four to five questions. They will be given one and a half minutes to respond and then the other candidate will be allowed a 30 second rebuttal. All right, uh, without any further ado, let's uh, get, on with the, uh, get on with the debate. Hello everyone. Uh, so we're gonna start off with the Director of Outreach and University Relations position. Our candidates are Kate Fairley with Energize UVic and Tysto Witt. And so just to clarify, each candidate, no matter the question, will have one and a half minutes to respond, both of you. And then the other candidate uh, who answered first will get a 30 second rebuttal. So our first question is for Kate Fairley with Energize. Kate, in your platform, you state that you will support mental health initiatives through peer support in the sub, but why focus on peer support rather than increasing the number of trained counselors on campus to meet the growing demand? Oops. Thank you for the question. Um, I do think that I will, of course, advocate for more supports through the university system on campus, but that's a more long-term project. That's something that has been pushed for for years and is something that is taking us quite a bit of time to deal with the university on that. So I think this is a short-term issue, or a short-term um, solution. This is something that we can do that's actionable now that will help students uh, and allow them to survive the wait time before they have access to the university services. Sure, uh, you still have some, I think you still have a bit of time. Could you maybe clarify a bit what that would look like? Uh, the peer support system? Sure. Uh, so in my, uh, in my hometown, I created a program that allowed students to have um, essentially training on how to do peer mediation, so conflict resolution. They also did um, support in terms of um, different therapy um, tracks, and so I think that that's something I'd really like to bring in. 
um, having external people come in and do workshops for st interested students who want to be able to empower themselves to help um, their fellow students. Cool. Uh, Taisto, you have a minute and a half to kind of respond to that and speak to your own can uh, platform. Sure, thank you. Um, I obviously don't have peer support in my platform. Everyone can read that. My emphasis is more placing the responsibility of supporting students on the university where I believe it should lay in the first place. Uh, I think that the wait times that are happening right now are unacceptable, and I don't think that the burden of mental health issues for students should be placed back on students. And that's it. Thank you. Kate, you are welcome. A 30-second response, if you'd like. I'm good. All right. All right, so this uh, next question is for both slates. Um, what specific actions will your slate take to increase the transparency of the board of directors and increase engagement with things like subcommittees and AGMs? And we'll start with Taisto on that one. All right, so uh, some of this should be on our slate already. We'd like to run uh, regular um, town hall meetings once a month where community and students can come in and speak to us and speak to their concerns directly and have the board, or at least certainly consistently the execs or lead directors um, present to respond to them. We'd also like to set up uh, systems by which summaries of board meetings can be made public and accessible and clear and the decisions that we've made um, are placed within context. And we'd like to post that on the site, on the website so that students can easily um, see the decisions that are being made by the board. Why not make uh, board meetings themselves more accessible rather than implement new town hall meetings as a separate thing? Not all the concerns that students have are related directly to UVSS board meetings. By having town hall meetings, people can bring concerns to us that are not directly related to things that have been discussed in board meetings in general. If it so happens that the attendance at board meetings um, exceeds the space that we usually um, would be holding them in, we would move it to a larger space so more people can attend. It's quite simple, I think. Kate? Uh, sorry, can you repeat the question? Sure. It was, uh, what specific actions will your slate take to increase the transparency of the board of directors and increase engagement with subcommittees and AGMs? So as Tasta said, I also want to have town halls. Um, particularly, I want to hold them in the residence hub because I see that first-year engagement is a really big issue in the UVSS. Um, so that's something I would really like to do because it'll allow students that don't actually know about the services that we have available to learn about them and bring forward their concerns. Uh, I also want to have a blog-style page on the website or on Facebook um, that will have uh, summaries in layman's terms of agendas because I know that often the Roberts Rules framework is really difficult to understand for a lot of people. I know I don't understand it sometimes. Um, so I would really like to be able to make that more accessible to everyone regardless of their background in Roberts Rules. Any response, Taisto? Nope, those seem perfectly reasonable to me. <laughs> All right, well, our next question is uh, for Taisto. Uh, Connect has talked a lot about communication with the university administration and its platforms with regards to lobbying for lower CARSA fees and raising work-study wages. So what approach would you take when it comes to engaging UVic while advocating for the needs of UVic students? Some of this is difficult to speak to because I haven't held a position in the UVSS board already, so I'm not familiar with the formal lines of communication between the UVSS and the board, but they exist. 
Um, the other is uh, we would like to set up systems by which students can develop like petitions and we can carry them to the board on behalf of those students. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Kate, same question, more or less. Um, I think diversifying the way that I try to interact with the university is something I'd like to do. So not just interacting with the Board of Governors or the President of the University, but interacting with Vikes Nation, Res Life, all the um, outlying parts of the university that aren't all often consulted with. I think that would really allow the student voice to be amplified on the university governance level more effectively. Okay, so this next question is for both slates again. Uh, since last summer, the university has engaged in consultations around the continuation of child care services after school care program, which was originally set to close this June. How will your slate support students with children and ensure that their needs are met when programs are under threat of downsizing? Let's start with you, Kate. Uh, from what I know about the program that, or from what I know about the actions that the university is taking, it's more diversifying the child care services on campus and making them uh, more accessible to more people. Um, however, I do think that there are people that are affected by this and that continuous uh, discussion with the university administration will be necessary when discussing uh, what we can do to support those affected students. Okay, um, so Taisto, would you like to say anything to that? I agree with that. If this is actually a reshuffling and expansion to better serve the needs of students, I would support that, but I think that it's important to realize that students have been affected by this and that their ability to attend this institution has been directly impacted, and I think that's unacceptable and needs to be dealt with immediately as well. Any rebuttal? This last question for this, uh, this position is directed at Kate. Um, Kate, in a recent Facebook post responding to questions posed by a student, Energize said that they have been working with the Native Students Union to ensure their perspective is a part of your campaign. Can you explain what consultations have been undertaken, when and how they have informed Energize's campaign platform? Yeah, um, so when we were asked a number of questions on our Facebook page, we thought that um, pertained to marginalized students, we thought that it would be most appropriate to consult those students before saying, putting words in their mouth essentially. And so um, a member of our slate reached out to uh, the four advocacy groups and the Native Students Union, um, essentially asking how they feel about these questions and how they would like us to address them um, from their perspective. Further to that, we discussed with um, Brad, who's the current board rep for the NSU, about um, his perspective on territorial acknowledgements and how he would like to see us further that um, part of our work. Thank you, Kate. Uh, Taisto? Well, that question is mostly based around a direct quote, but our response to a similar question was that um, we need to continually acknowledge the lands that this um, institution and we are operating on and always make space for indigenous voices and opinions and respect those voices, as well as acknowledge that um, we as non-indigenous people have a lot to learn and that we are committing ourselves to engaging in unlearning where, where it has to occur. Has Connect uh, reached out to advocacy groups during the campaign? Uh, we reached out to a couple of them. Um, <clears throat> I've reached out to the Native Students Union, and uh, we're getting we're meeting up uh, later today. Okay, I will let that slide just this time since that question was directed at Taisto. But well, that was our apologies. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, 
All right, that uh, brings us to the end of Director of Outreach and University Relations. So uh, we're going to move right along to Director of Finance and Operations. Okay, the candidates, the candidates in, uh, uh, we'll be talking to are Mackenzie Coverland uh, for the Energize slate and Zenon Leggett of the Connect slate. Uh, so let's start with a question for Mackenzie. This week, students will vote on a referendum asking if they favor adjusting the student society's fees to annually match Canada's inflation target to a maximum of 2% beginning January 2019. Uh, Mackenzie, you said Energize Evic does not support this referendum and will instead generate more revenue by expanding and diversifying sub-businesses. How will expanding and diversifying sub-businesses aid advocacy groups, including Pride, the NSU, the Martlet, CFUV, and others, when their levy is not impacted by the success or revenues of those businesses? And how, will you how would you propose that these constituency organizations offset the effects of inflation when they do not have access to those alternative re revenue streams? So Energize has already shown that we want to work with the advocacy groups um, by reaching out to them. Advocacy groups know what they need and we can't really talk to that unless we talk to them. So when it comes to financial uh, decisions, we want to keep that discourse open um, and just make sure that everyone, every student can benefit if we are able when we are able to expand revenue in the sub. Um, there's not much, too much time to follow up on this, but uh, <laughs> please turn your cell phones off. Um, but you say that advocacy groups know what they need, but they come to the students asking for referendums. I would say that they would need more funding. So. That would be a referendum question, yes. We'd be in support of having a referendum. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Taisto, do you have... Uh, oh, sorry, Zenon. Zenon Leggett, do you have any uh, comment on that referendum? Uh, personally, I'm in support of the referendum. The way I see it, if you put a dollar into a bank account and come back a year later, you're expecting your dollar to be there. If you go there and there's 98 cents, you're going to be a little bit upset. I think that our advocacy groups are going to be upset in the future if they come back and learn that their funding is going to buy less and less throughout the course of time. And eventually we're going to have to deal with this issue that the funding is decreasing in relation to the Canadian dollar. So we're going to have to deal with this eventually. We might as well deal with it now. That's all I have to say about it. Mackenzie, do you have a rebuttal? No. Okay. I'll ask a quick question. You do support the food bank referendum then? So why extend support for the food bank referendum, but not to a referendum that would help all groups in the sub? You're talking about the 2% referendum, correct? Yeah, that one would be a fee increase that would go to all groups yes. rather than just one. Um, so our understanding of the referendum is it wouldn't come into action until 2019. So it isn't the responsibility of students now to decide the fees of students tomorrow. We can't support that at all. We instead think that we should vote on referendums that increase what percentage of funds go to the different advocacy groups and how they are able to gain access to this funding. Okay. 
<laughs> this next question is also directed at Mackenzie. Uh, Mackenzie, your platform promotes a $5 deposit refund to encourage students to attend AGMs. But how does a $5 fee deposit jive with the goal of reducing student fees, and why should only the first 120 people receive their money back if they attend the meeting? So these meetings haven't reached quorum. So it's made as an incentive for students to come so we can reach quorum and make these important decisions. This wouldn't require um, new funding, seeing as it's already in the budget. We offer prizes for students to come if we are able to reach quorum. But having a $5 um, refund for the students who come would cost the same amount of money and be a stronger incentive for students to come to these meetings. And while we're on that topic, um, would they be paying this upfront as part of their student fees, or would this be something that they pay at the beginning of the meeting? I'm a little unclear. Um, like I said, it's already in the budget. So we have it in the budget for these prizes to be bought. Um, so it's not something that they're paying for necessarily. It's already built into the budget. Okay. So students aren't necessarily being penalized for not attending the AGM and getting that refund back. No. I guess I'm just a little unclear how this works. It's a rebate for, <laughs> like our campaign manager just said, it's a rebate for the first 120 students to come to the meeting. Um, so they'll have to like sign in like they already do. And when they sign in that they're there, they stay for an hour so that we are able to reach quorum, they'll get the $5 back. Gotcha. Uh, Taiso, do you have a, or I'm so sorry, it's okay. Zenon, do you have a uh, response, your um, response to that question? I think personally to me that sounds more like the, like a door prize for a social than any kind of like administrative policy that I'd want to employ in my um, administration, so uh, personally I would not be implementing any kind of uh, scenario like that. Okay. Yeah, um, if you wouldn't employ any kind of strategy like that, Zenon, then how are you suggesting we reach quorum at our SAGM and AGM meetings? I, we're going to keep it on the topic at hand, um, just so we don't get caught in a response loop. So. Sure. All right, so this next question is for Zenon. Given that hiring additional staff to keep the biblio open 24 hours during exam season would likely come at a cost, how would you ensure these costs don't fall on students? Um, I guess you're, are we talking about the Biblio cafes and like the restaurant inside the Biblio cafe? Because by Biblio cafe, I more so meant the space in the bottom of the library uh, and not necessarily the uh, restaurant slash cafe that they have open there. So I guess if you're talking about security staff for people to check up on them, I think that would be more so campus security. We could implement additional security measures, but I don't think that we necessarily need to have somebody attending there at all times. So you want to keep a space open that people can just go and hang out, yeah. basically, for 24 hours? Yeah. All right. Um, well, I do have another, um, uh, another question to that. Why focus on keeping the Biblio Cafe open as opposed to a space in the UVSS? Actually, um, the UVSS, oh my goodness, let me start that over. Why focus on keeping Biblio open as opposed to a space the UVSS actually has jurisdiction over, such as the Student Union Building? 
Well, I guess um, the main reasons behind that because are the the Biblio Cafe is a lot more um, central to the campus. It's also a lot more visible. It's pretty much glass pane windows all around. I think that would be a little bit uh, security measures that everybody could appreciate. As well as I wouldn't really want to pe put people who are trying to study next to people who are drinking in a bar and associate those kinds of traffic together. I think that would be counterproductive. Uh, Mackenzie, do you have a rebuttal? For, or do you, would you like to speak to that? No. This next question is for Mackenzie. Um, Mackenzie, Energize has stated that they want to refund co-op students 50% of their UVSS student fees for their co-op terms. As co-op students already pay a reduced rate of 36.60 per term, are you suggesting that the current fee co-op students pay be reduced by a further 50% or that the fee remain the same as it is currently? Um, so it would include reducing the fee that they currently pay these 3660 by 50% if they are doing their co-op term off-island. Sure. So if you are, so if that is the case, how does refunding co-op students around $18 offsetting the financial burden you see them facing currently? Um, so currently co-op students are faced with a lot of fees that necessary, they don't um, they shouldn't be paying because it's for services that they don't necessarily use. If you're going off island for a co-op term, then what, are, what good is paying the fee really doing for you? Um, what they do have access to are co-op care packages, which cost over $20 and frankly is a bunch of junk that no one wants. So we would eliminate this program, which would offset that cost and instead give the money back to students. Zelen? Um, I would see that the co-op students' fees uh, stay the same because I believe that I see it as kind of like a tax that they pay. Um, even if a Canadian citizen goes abroad to go travel somewhere else, they still have to pay Canadian taxes even though they're not living there at the time. I would think that this would be a beneficial thing to the students who are living on campus and the students who are leaving uh, to do their co-op because I think that they need to fund into this university that they're taking part of, especially if they're taking part of a program as prestigious as the co-op program that we are offering. So I would leave the fees as is. Okay. Mackenzie, do you have a rebuttal? The co-op students are going somewhere else to work. They're not taking courses with the university. Um, if you go for summer vacation, you're not paying student fees for the term that you're on summer vacation. So why should co-op fees continue to pay these fees? Fair point. All right, our last question for uh, the slate is for uh, Zenon. Which, uh, what will the student consultation on the UBSS budget process look like, and when will it be conducted? Uh, student consultation on the UBSS budget, as in um, getting their opinion on where we should spend our money? Um, I believe so. Yeah, we're basing this on what was in your platform, I think. Okay, well, basically, um, I would have to consult with Kevin Tupper to see what our financial obligations are, what we can and cannot change, and then given the money that we can change, I would uh, conduct polls or surveys to see what amenities um, the VSS offers that students value the most, and I would like to fund those ones with money taking away that the students, um, from the amenities that the students value the least. So it would be kind of more like an open source survey, and I would want to fund our strengths and take the money out of our weaknesses. 
Mackenzie, do you have something to say to that? Um, I'd question when this consultative process would actually occur. Um, I believe that we've seen from feedback over previous years where students value their money being spent and seeing how the budget needs to be set during the summer so that for the next operating year, I'd like to know when Zenon plans on um, consulting with students. Well, from what I understand, the election period ends this Saturday, so it looks like I have a couple months before the summer begins. <laughs> All right, well, that, uh, that about wraps things up on Director of Finance and Operations, so we're going to move on to Director of Events. Uh, our candidates for this are Noor Chasib and, <clears throat> did I pronounce that right? No, no Noor Chasib, uh, my apologies, and uh, Colin St. Ville with Connect. Um, so, who did we start with last time? Started with, started with Connect. So, uh, this one goes to both slates, and we'll start with Noor. Uh, what strategies will you employ to ensure safety at UVSS parties and events? So, one of the things that we're going to do is speak with campus security and see what kind of uh, security measures that they have in place currently, speak with the director of events that we have, see what accessibility checklist that we have, and what measures um, are, are currently in place, and work off of that and add more security measures if needed. However, I don't think it is necessary to go overboard um, with security measures, but that does mean that we are going to look into security measures and make sure that our events are as safe as possible. How are you going to ensure the safety um, of marginalized groups that may have had um, or have felt or experienced oppression from security mm -hmm. in the past? So that would be, us speaking with the marginalized groups, the advocacy groups, and seeing how, why their needs are not, have not been met previously, and what steps we can take to ensure that their needs are met in the future. Uh, okay, do, um, do you have something to, uh, to say, Colin? Um, no, I, <clears throat> well, first off, I think that um, we should try to take away um, from uh, some campus security. We shouldn't be using campus security. Um, because of how pe marginalized people feel with their relationship with them. We should probably be using more bystander awareness and uh, just peer intervention, I think, um, as well as um, just keeping in mind that we want to uh, work with students to help other students po when possible. So we're promoting more bystander training and that's something we're working with. We're going to start working with for first years. However, we have the resource of campus security available. It'd be, I think, unwise not to use them and not to speak with them and see what measures um, they have in place and what ideas that they can share with us that we can, you can use a lot, utilize. Okay. Thank you, candidates. Um, this question is for Noor. Uh, how do you reconcile UVic's policy about no outside food, sor food sources with your plan for a food truck festival? So the outside food sources, um, we've spoken about, we've spoken with uh, people close to the issue with, at UVic and um, some of the, I guess the viability for the food truck festival would be the issue of the money not going back to UVic. So we're going to offset that by uh, returning some of the, refunding the school for any lost profit that they may have at that for the uh, parking, uh, sorry, correction for the food truck festival, but we have had um, a donut food truck 
that was on campus and it worked perfectly for us. Okay. <laughs> uh, Colin, would you like to say anything to that? Yeah, um, you know, I think the idea of having food trucks on campus is, you know, good, but uh, it kind of, I don't think that enough students could really afford having food trucks. Um, also, working with campus, I don't think they would really be down for that. Um, I think uh, it kind of, uh, I don't think it's really reasonable for, um, to expect us to offset campus, like whatever money campus wants to lose. Um, I think that's getting into like minute details when we could be promoting what we have on campus right now. Um, do you have anything to say to that, Nori? Yes, um, so for the offsetting of the money, it's because they're losing the profit, and we'd like to speak with camp, with the, with the university administration to lower the cost as much as possible and to share why we're doing this and so they can understand. Well, I'd like to cooperate with the administration. I don't feel it's necessary to have any animo animosity between us. Um, open communication and dialogue is key to making sure that we can work together and instead of, instead of uh, having that animosity between each other. Uh, so Colin, what kind of uh, community relationships are you looking to build and how will you incentivize businesses to offer student discounts? Um, I think, um, <clears throat> I, I want to just bring outside organizations onto campus and be able to like teach students about, let's just say, uh, life cycles is something I'm very passionate about. Um, I want to work with like uh, I'm, as an ES major, I'm very like aware, aware of food issues. So I want to bring those to the forefront. Um, can you repeat the second half of your question? You mentioned uh, incentivizing businesses to offer student discounts, and so I was just wondering how you yeah. would go about that. I think the current board uh, did really good with um, the handbooks and schedules. Uh, they had discounts in those, so I would like to work with, with on that level and how to maybe expand those. Uh, have those events, uh, have those specials and coupons go for the whole year, hopefully, and maybe even work out like a student discount with some of those restaurants to try to get their revenue up and get students a cheaper deal. Nor do you have anything to say to that? Yes, I agree with Colin. I think it's a good idea to incentivize businesses to uh, have student discounts. I've seen some businesses start the practice, but I think if we can cooperate with them uh, to expand on that, then it would, again, drive more revenue towards their business and it would drive students towards uh, their businesses as well. So it's a win-win for both people, for both, um, both sides. Colin, do you have a rebuttal? It seems like we're kind of on the same page here, but. I, I think so too. Um, it's, a, it's a good idea, why not? Yeah, the only thing I would like to say is just like, I think um, in this kind of creating like student discounts also incentivizes um, actually helps build community relations without the with, uh, outside authorities in UVic, which is something I really want to just push and uh, you know, make sure that students on campus know where like, the good eats and the good spots are downtown and around UVic to strengthen that up as well. Okay. All right, this question is for Noor. How will you follow through on your promise to host an outdoor music event when the university has shown continued resistance to the idea? So that's, that's back to the point of the cooperation. So I've noticed um, there has been, again, animosity between the student union and the administration. Um, 
I'd like to break down those walls between us and I'd like to work together with, this, with the administration because I believe that it would drive um, revenue towards the administration and towards the school and it would drive um, participation from the students and would foster a sense of school spirit that I think is at the moment currently lacking. Um, a quick question. So, uh, Energize has talked to many advo advocacy groups about um, certain things that they think that they could help out with, correct? Mm -hmm. uh, why hasn't Energize come to talk to CFEB about um, any music events or uh, hosting any outdoor music events or anything so like that? So, that may have been a, um, something I, I, haven't, I haven't thought about. Uh, thank you for bringing that to my attention. Um, so, that's, that's again what we're going to do, be doing is that, that's, we're going to institute a two-way communication between students and between uh, the administration, our administration. So event ideas, so for example, the um, CFUV idea, that's something that we're gonna add on to, and that's something we're gonna look into and, and hopefully work on. Thank you. All right, Colin, do you have anything to say to that? Um, I really like uh, Nora's idea of outdoor concerts. I think though it's kind of unreasonable dealing with like Sanitary bylaws. Um, so I think maybe if we work with like Sanich or something or those bylaws, we could do it. But I think that's kind of something that the campus needs, but it's unable to um, really go forward. So maybe moving it into like an inside gym or something would be a better uh, way to bring big names to UVic. Um, Nora said something else I want to respond to, but I kind of forgot it. Um, but I think, yeah, uh, yeah. Nor do you have anything to rebuttal? Yes, so um, working with Sanich uh, is a fantastic idea. That's also something we're looking into. Um, I don't think it's unreasonable to expect an outdoor or to want an outdoor concert or to think big because other campuses have had that. Um, we've also are going to be, have spoken with and will be speaking with CARSA, for example, uh, to see if, if an outdoor concert is something that is completely out of the question. If necessary, we'll have to scale down, but it will be something that we will be looking into and promoting because uh, a concert is something that is, I believe is reasonable to have and I don't believe is, uh, is an idea that's too far-fetched. Do I get a rebuttal to that? No? Okay. Great nod, sorry, Colin. But we do have another question for you. So. Uh, Colin, you state in your platform that you would uh, lobby the university to extend fall reading break to a full week, but at the UVic Senate meeting this coming Friday, they are announcing that it is not possible to present a recommendation to extend it at this time. So given this, uh, will you, and if you are, how will you justify maintaining this part of your platform? Well, I'm running for Senate, so hopefully if I'm able to get into Senate, I will have an inside track to that, but um, I think it's kind of... It's an issue that students need to be aware of, that um, our reading break is kind of, it's so small, it doesn't do any good. And um, I think just bringing awareness that we should, as a united front, be asking for a week will bring attention to this and hopefully change the administration's policies towards that. Cool. Um, Nora, I, I don't think reading break comes up in your platform necessarily, but, but if, you have, that, if you have a response, so I, I believe Col Colin's idea is a good idea, and that's something that I'd like to be promoting more of. Ideas, that's something we need. Um, so if it doesn't, if it does not work out, it doesn't work out. But the promotion of ideas, it's something that has been lacking currently, and it's something we want to be working towards. So all ideas, whether they're good or bad, are still ideas, and that's something we still want to be looking into. Thank you. All right. 
Just a reminder for everyone to kind of settle down in the gallery a little bit. Snapping, clapping, chitter-chattering. Uh, we're going to move along to Director of Student Affairs now. And so our candidates for this are Caitlin Fortier with Energize and Natalia Rambold with Connect. All right, so our first question is for both slates. This past year has seen an increase in incidents of trans aggression on campus, particularly here in the Student Union Building. What will your slate do to ensure that transgender and non-binary students feel safe and welcome on our campus? Let's start with Natalia. Uh, okay, so first of all, I just want to uh, briefly make a small call out about the way that the UVSS has done um, this Thing. They've taken away uh, the initial responses and I think limited our ability uh, as individuals to do territory acknowledgements because we now have to choose between taking this time to do territory acknowledgements and or uh, taking this time to respond to questions. Um, I do want to acknowledge the territories uh, as a settler on these lands. Um, I think that what we're doing here uh, upholds colonialism in a lot of ways. I think that we need to actually uh, engage with the fact that we are working within colonial institutions um, and that though we try to resist it, um, we need to be making more space for that. And I think that this, uh, the current forum is not necessarily uh, doing a very good job of that. Um, that being said, in response to transaggression, I think that uh, the university needs to take a hard line in terms of uh, supporting trans folks on campus. Um, I have in my platform um, gone ahead saying that we need to have uh, accessible, gender-inclusive, multi-stall washrooms in every single building on campus. That's something I'm super dedicated to. Um, I think that we also need to be taking a hard line against TERFs. We need to be taking a hard line supporting um, things like third space that are um, inclusive spaces that recognize the fact that we have transaggression on campus. Um, furthermore, I think that UVic as a whole needs to recognize the ways in which um, as an institution uh, we're not creating space for trans bodies and for trans stories. Um, yeah, I guess I'm out of time. <laughs> Thanks, Natalia. It's a little hard for me to see back there while also watching the candidates. Um, Caitlin? So I'd like to start off by thanking the representative from the VSS um, elections um, for um, acknowledging the territories. And uh, in terms of how we'd like to approach the, the problem of, of TERFs and trans exclusion, um, in the UVSS, we are, um, as my um, colleagues up here have mentioned, we would like to work with advocacy groups because they do know their needs best and they do understand these issues best. Um, so I would like to continue that work and um, see how we can take steps to make sure that everyone feels included, not only in the UVSS, but on campus and in our community as a whole. A rebuttal from Natalia, if any, or? Um, I think that it's very true that we need to consult uh, with advocacy groups. I think that I need to acknowledge that I, as a cis person, don't have the answers. Um, and I think that, uh, yeah, I think it's not, like, I think that from having, like, friends that are trans folks and from understanding trans issues, I think that the bathroom issue is one that we need to deal with, but as a cis person, uh, I can't tell you the answers, and I think that's not my place, and I think that what we need to do is actually talk to people who know the issues. Sure. Uh, next question is for you, Natalia. Uh, how do you plan, if elected, on holding UVic accountable to their sexualized violence policy, which is currently in the works? 
Uh, okay, so the first thing that I think we need to do in regards to sexualized violence is to take a lot of the uh, response to sexualized violence on campus out of the hands of campus security services. Um, I think that what we need to do is, um, I think that what we need to do is listen. Um, I know that uh, the AVP, uh, an organization that I work with, um, has a lot of really awesome ideas and I think that we are holding things like discussion like the uh, open forum on the sexual assault policy, which is awesome. Um, but I think that what we need to do is we need to have more training available. Uh, so one of the things that I wanna propose is that uh, we have CLs uh, in residents that are trained uh, in consent, uh, that are able to talk to consent uh, to the students that live in their residences. Uh, also, CLs need to be trained in bystander intervention. Uh, they need to know how to respond to sexual assault. Uh, and we need to create a community within UVic that supports survivors. Uh, and I think that the best way that we can do that is, uh, yeah, through, uh, through taking it out of the hands of security services and other uh, abusive authority figures. Thank you, Natalia. Uh, Caitlin, do you have a answer to the same question? Um, just to make sure that I am giving a, a proper answer here, could you please repeat the question? Sure. How do you plan on holding UVic accountable to their sexualized violence policy, which is in the works right now? Um, so um, by continuing to make sure that it's a, a process that's available to all students to be able to give feedback, and also through encouraging students to partake in some of the great programs such as bystander intervention training and some of the different programs offered by the EVP to make sure that um, they are aware and they can personally take steps towards encouraging the university to also follow these procedures. Any further comment, Natalia? Um, I guess not. Okay. All right, this next question is for Caitlin. Your platform states that you want to help out clubs and courses unions reach their full potential by cutting red tape and simplifying club interactions with UVSS and the university. What does this look like, and how are the clubs and course unions not reaching their full potential currently? So some of the issues that I've noticed through um, working with different clubs on campus is that, um, first of all, new clubs find it difficult to um, learn how the UVSS works and what paperwork they need to fill out. So um, part of cutting the red tape in that aspect is either reducing this paperwork or making sure that there are people from the UV UVSS available to help them through that process. Um, another issue that some clubs face is understanding their finances and what access they have to either applying for grants or even their, their bank accounts that they have with UVSS. They're not sure how to access these funds. Um, so these are all things I'd like to work towards and um, would like to, to see more education um, for um, club and course union executives, but also having a stronger volunteer base available here at the UVSS to kind of sit down and work with these clubs and course unions to reach their goals. Sorry, what kind of paperwork do clubs currently have to fill out? Because as far as I know, they just have to show up to a club meeting to be ratified. Like, is there a lot of paperwork involved? There isn't necessarily a lot of paperwork. However, um, due to legal obligations in terms of um, how contracts and these forms need to be created, it's not always easy to interpret them and understand such things such as um, how to form a board that'll be effective for their club. And they need to put this information down on these sheets and so some clubs, they find that kind of difficult to, to navigate that if they're just starting off. Natalia, do you have a response to a similar question or to Caitlin's comments? Um, I think that it's true that there are clubs that uh, do need uh, more help in terms of being able to navigate 
their finances or being able to navigate room bookings. Um, I don't know that that's something that uh, I need to like proactively take a stance on. I think that the way that uh, the like club registration and course union uh, registration and ratification is working fairly well to my understanding. That being said, if clubs and course unions do have feedback, uh, I'm more than willing to talk to them about it. Caitlin, do you have a re rebuttal to that? Uh, no, I do not. Thanks. Is it my question next? Yeah, all right. Uh, so this question goes to both slates and yeah, so a few weeks ago, the Board of Directors passed a motion that explicitly stated that they would not support or endorse club slash course union events unless that support was extended to all clubs and course unions. If elected, how would you ensure that all clubs and course unions are given equal support? And we'll start with Natalia first. Sorry, could you repeat the first half of the question? Uh, so a few weeks ago, the Board of Directors passed a motion that explicitly stated that the board would not extend support or endorsements to club and course union events that fell outside policy. And so, unless that support was extended to all clubs and course unions. So if elected, how would you ensure that all clubs and course unions are treated equally? Uh, okay, so I think that first of all, um, what I assume this means is uh, like referring to the clash of clubs. I heard there was a lot of stuff going on around that. Tangent um, is tangentially related, but it, I'll provide some quick background. Um, there was issues where the board was approached by a lot of clubs and course unions to post on social media about events and stuff, and the board, their argument was that they don't have the resources to provide that support to every club and course union. So rather than pick and choose who gets what, they just do a blanket, we're not giving you any. Okay, um, so I think uh, one thing that does need to happen is that um, I think that there does need to be uh, more um, spaces or times for clubs and course unions to be able to promote themselves outside of like the two club and course union days. Uh, if this does mean something like just posting on social media, I think that's fine. Um, if it means that they need access to posters or stuff like that, that's something we can talk about in terms of budgeting. Um, if clubs and course unions feel that that's something that uh, they really need. Um, I think that what needs to happen is, uh, I can't really see any situation aside from like any kind of equity violation where I would be favoring any one club or course union. Um, I think that as long as clubs and course unions at UVic are being uh, respectful uh, of everyone, there's no real reason why they shouldn't all be able to have the same kind of support. Thanks. Caitlin, your response to uh, my original question. So um, there are kind of a couple of options we are looking at. Um, one is making resources such as access to social media and support through volunteers from the UVSS available um, in a similar fashion to how um, clubs and course unions already apply for grants. So this is a process where all clubs are involved and are able to vote um, as to whether their fellow clubs are able to receive the support and how it is distributed. So making it so it's a process that's not just the UVSS speaking, but all clubs that are partaking. Um, we're also looking at an option where um, we have five major categories of clubs on campus and encouraging them to come together and create a plan for an event. So we are able to um, use our resources more efficiently to be able to promote a smaller number of events that help a larger number of clubs at one time. 
On that first one, you were talking about making a similar process to grants and whatnot. Um, grants and like special projects and whatnot, like there's been ongoing issues where there's limited resources for a, like a huge number of clubs. So would how would that not raise the same issue, I guess, is my question. Um, I, I would have to say that I'd have to do, probably do a little bit more reading and see where I could find um, more resources, if possible, within the current framework of the UVSS. Um, but otherwise, my biggest uh, concern would be making sure that all clubs are involved and are aware of what's available to make it as equal as possible when people are applying for these very limited resources because we do have to work within such a limited framework and budget. Sure, thanks. Natalia, do you have a rebuttal? Um, I think generally uh, it's, I think there's always going to be bias uh, when you're talking about giving more resources to one club uh, than another club. Um, I think potentially uh, there could be some kind of numbers-based evaluation in terms of if you have a club that has like a ton of people in it, then maybe you could get access to more resources as opposed to like really small clubs. Um, however, I don't think that uh, supporting clubs uh, that like are maybe politically uh, better aligned or that like have more publicity is in any way like good. <laughs> sure. Thanks. That wraps student affairs. All right, so next up we have the um, Director of Campaigns and Community Relations. We are going to be speaking to Anmol Swage, Swage? Swage. Swage. And um, Dakota McGovern. Um, Anmol is with Energize and Dakota is with Connect. Uh, first, I have a question for you, Anmol. One of Energize's main platforms is to align bus times with class times. Given the complexity of BC Transit's operations and that UVic transit trips account for less than one quarter of total transit trips, how will you follow through on this promise? Well, right now, um, uh, UVic students are pay a lot of money to, to BC Transit, so I do believe that BC Transit is willing to cooperate with us. Um, right now, we hold, or a student holds one seat on the Victoria Transit Commission. I believe that's the name. I might be off a little bit. Um, yeah, so they hold one seat, but it alternates between Camosun and UVic every year. So what we want to do is push to make that two seats so that um, students are heard from Camosun and UVic and we have a greater voice, because I'm sure that students at Camosun are also facing the same problems with your class ending at 2.20 and the bus leaving at 2.25 and you can't make it all the way from McLaurin all the way to the bus loop. Um, yeah, so we definitely want to work with BC Transit and I believe that they would be receptive to this. Um. Dakota, do you have a, uh, anything to say to that? Well, I'd like to first thank uh, former UVSS boards for doing that amazing job of getting us a non-voting seat, and I think the next step is to make sure that we actually have a vote on the Transit Commission. If we can do that successfully, then arranging times in a different way will be much more straightforward. I also think that working with Camosun is going to be particularly useful because together we pool about 36,000 students and that means our numbers are much more feasible when it comes to representing a large part of the population that uses transit. So I would just like to conclude by saying that it's very important to rearrange times once we get that voting spot and if elected my lobbying will focus on that. Thank you. 
Anything to uh, rebuttal with, Amal? Um, I definitely agree about getting the seat to be a voting spot. However, I believe that they might be a little bit more reluctant about that. So first, by first getting it to be two seats, having two voices heard that represent a greater number of students, like you said, 36,000 students, um, we may be able to be able to push for, to make that seat, of, or to even just make one of the seats a voting seat, but have two seats that are getting their voices heard would be great. Okay, thank you. Uh, this next question is for Dakota. Um, Dakota, how do you, if elected, propose to increase the university work-study wages to a living wage? So that's going to be a hard topic, but it's going to be a worthwhile goal because I think that part of being a student is to strive for good success. So what we put on our platform is to make sure that students in work-study positions are getting paid more than a minimum wage, which is what it is now. And I think if we slowly work towards the ultimate goal of a living wage, it will be successful. And we can do that by implementing a living wage policy in the UVSS bylaws over time. So right now, we don't have that. That's something other student societies do have. And I think that in the long run, that's what I would like to see in our bylaws. Great. Uh, Anmol, do you have a comment on that? Um, I was just wondering about, not necessarily a comment, a little bit of a question. Um, when you say long term, or in the long run, how long or so do you think that this policy could be like, instated in? Well, I think that one of the good things the UVSS has going for itself right now is that we're in a provincial election year, and I think that that gives us a larger opportunity to advocate for social justice and student issues at the provincial government when a new um, BC government is formed. So I think that it depends largely on that to see where we'll go from there. Sounds good. All right, thank you, candidates. Uh, this next question is for both slates. How will you ensure collaboration not only with the anti-violence project, but also with the uh, with several institutions across BC that have endorsed the Let's Get Consensual campaign? Let's start with Anmol. So um, for the Let's Get Consensual campaign, I definitely want to, although we want to work with uh, institutions and organizations across Canada right now. Um, the Let's Get Consensual campaign, although we are working with the university, um, I believe that we should put a bit greater focus on working with res life and student life and implement bystander training for students on res within the first two months. And again, um, of course, focus on getting on board with organizations, sorry, I didn't see the camera, um, with organizations across Canada, just getting our voices heard um, out there would be so essential for um, promoting sexual consent. Do you have anything to say to that, Dakota? Well, I would also like to add on, and I think what you said is very true, I think we need to restart the working group for Let's Get Consensual that used to be in place, and I think we also need to start advocating for a lot more student input on that and implementing our sexual assault po policy properly. Okay. Anwal, any, uh, any rebuttal? Yeah. This question goes to both slates again. Uh, if elected, what will your provincial, provincial tuition lobbying efforts look like, and how would you partner, if at all, with organizations like the Canadian Federation of Students or Alliance of BC Students on their lobbying initiatives? And we'll start with Dakota. So I think it's very important to uh, 
acknowledge the hard work that students across the province have put into getting BC up to speed with the rest of Canada in needs-based grants. And I would also like to say that as a school that's really close to the parliament, we have a lot of accessibility. And so what we need to do is we need to use our position as a school that right now doesn't have any formal ties to other student societies um, as a bargaining chip and really start to say, well, since we're the ones who are closest, let's use this as a platform to speak out. And so the, aside from needs-based grants, I also want to talk about affordable housing and making sure that students that live on residence, but also students in Victoria don't need to deal with a 0% vacancy rate and that they can actually have understanding of what their rights are as tenants. And so that's my answer. Thanks, so you are open to working with those big organizations? I am open to working with them, although I think UVic is in a very good position right now as well, and so I'd like to make sure that we don't make any official commitments and that what we do is uh, work where possible. And if not, I think UVic is very capable of doing it on its own. Cool. Uh, Anmol, same question to you. Um, I'd like to address the part of working with the Canadian Federation of Students and the ABC first. Um, we don't, I definitely don't want the VSS to be working with the Canadian Federation of Students just because of their own internal problems that they have going on right now with hidden bank accounts and such. Um, I believe that working alongside, I don't, again, I don't want to necessarily join the AIBC. Is that the? The ABCS, sorry? yeah. Okay, so yeah, so I don't want to join them. However, I do believe working alongside of them as well as um, bigger universities like UBC and SFU, who again aren't a part of them, but do work with them. That way we can have a voice across, uh, across BC heard to the provincial government. And as my um, colleague said, uh, since we are, we do have, I, I guess we're, we have a better proximity to the BC government legislature, um, we'd be able to have our voices heard more, but the most important part is having a collaborative message. So if all the different schools are saying different things to the, to the government, we're less likely to have them give a response. So working alongside of everyone to, and presenting uh, points that are the same across the province would be a good way to go about that. I want to ask a quick follow-up on this because, yeah, you mentioned not wanting to work with the CFS. Do you uh, agree then with this current board's decision to abstain from promoting and supporting the National Day of Action that took place last semester? Um, is that like the education is a right? The National Day of Action was a CFS event and there was a UV, like a UVic uh, event in support of that and the UVSS abstained from offering it its endorsement. Okay, well I, Sorry, the, but the National Day of Action that was like the theme behind that was education is a right, right? Is that? Well, if well, the point is that we believe we, we definitely agree with the sentiment, but going but supporting the organization itself is not something that I would agree with, and I'm not entirely sure where the what you're saying about where the current board stands. But um, Energize does not support an organization that has hidden bank accounts and is not being upfront about what they're doing with students' money. Cool, thank you, uh, Dakota. I will allow you a rebuttal if you'd like one. Well, Connect UVic does not stand by any of the legal things going on with the CFS. However, I think Days of Action can be very effective about bringing out a larger student base when it comes to standing in solidarity with each other on the large scale against tuition because I think education is a right and we should fight for that. But I do not think that that's necessarily done through the CFS. Same. Cool. All right, so our last question is for Anmol. 
Uh, UPIC Pride used to provide safe injection and harm reduction supplies, but it was told they could no longer do so uh, due to insurance issues. How do you propose to address the opioid crisis and promote harm reduction without disturbing or without distributing the necessary supplies on campus? Well, I believe that the university administration is receptive to working with um, us in regards to the fentanyl and opioid crisis, just because I'm sure that they're also interested in keeping students alive and safe. Uh, the first steps I'd want to do is get naloxone kits available on residents, because I'm sure that all of us in this room and most of our friends can say that we have all been in situations where substance abuse might have gone a little too far and people were in danger. So again, I'm not saying that it's ever not too far. Substance abuse is of course something I'm not for, but I recognize that it exists. And um, similarly, I wanna get the word out there. Right now we don't have any campaigns. We People know about it, but not really. So I wanna get the word out there, get it across campus, get people knowing that this is happening and start the conversation as well as promote safe drug use methods. So you are for, um promoting the use of or um, the um, education on using naloxone kits, correct? Yeah. But you are not for um, the uh, harm, or not harm reduction, but the safe injection kits that were provided by UVic Pride? Um, I honestly did not know that that was happening, um, that the safe injection kits were being provided. I definitely do want to work alongside of Pride and again the university administration to see why that was an issue and see how we can reinstate that or something similar to get students the safety and resources that they need. Okay. Um, Dugota, do you have anything to say to that? I support safe injection and I also think that as a campus we need to start um, a harm reduction awareness week. I think that we have a rethink mental health awareness week and let's get consensual awareness week. We need to do one that will get rid of the stigma around drug use because I think if we do that together it will make things a lot more straightforward for drug users on campus. Okay. Um, what do you think that will, um, uh, how do you think that will go with the, um, with the drug use policy currently in place on campus? Well, I think that we need to remember that sometimes working with students means working against the university and that these two things are not super interlinked. So when we talk about the stigma of drug use, it's something that we need to advocate for on the large scale. And I would absolutely be willing to have conversations with the Board of Governors about this. I'm actually running for the Board of Governors as well, but I also believe that this is a very serious thing because in 2016, uh, deaths due to overdoses increased by 60%. And so it's something that needs to be talked about now or else it's going to bite us in the back. Thank you, Dakota. Do you have anything to say to that, Anmal? Um, I agree with the harm, redu harm uh, reduction awareness week. However, I do believe that this is an ongoing issue and this needs to be something that we're focusing on throughout the year. So tactically campaigning during times when students may be facing um, stress from other areas in their lives, so during midterms, as well as again during the, like, uh, when the seasons get darker and time gets, uh, it gets darker outside and people get sadder. Um, which is a thing, and um, yeah, so I definitely want to use tactical campaigning and have it going out, going on throughout the year. Uh, substance abuse isn't something that we just face at certain times or when, or like on occasion. It, sorry, um, it's an always going on problem. Thanks.